Hey, everybody. Today, we get to listen to an interview with John Strain. I had a great time with this one. He is the executive director of the nonprofit organization, You Gotta Ask. That's also the name of his new book that he co-wrote with his wife, Pam. This is a book that helps people have meaningful conversations about their faith. It helps people learn how to talk about something that can be kind of awkward sometimes, but we're spiritual people and that should be something we're allowed to talk about. Uh, Some of us think we're allowed to, but we're just kind of awkward with it or maybe we have a habit of imposing ourselves or our beliefs on other people in a way that makes them uncomfortable. And John has an excellent remedy for that. So pay attention to that. Warning for you, if you are somebody who struggles with church or church language because you had a bad experience, uh, we do use a lot of church language in this episode, but don't miss the content because it's the opposite of maybe something that somebody would have hurt you with. This is exactly how to not hurt people with your faith. Overall, I was blown away by John's wisdom and his humility. I really hope you guys enjoy this one. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Canceled Apprentice podcast, where we develop resilience and learn how to reach maturity mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I'm your host and Canceled Apprentice, Cole Vandervoort. I'm the king I'm Cole Vandervoort. I'm your host. And I'm Jake Wright. And we are so excited to finally get to share some of these meetings with you guys. Today, we are interviewing Mr. John Strain and Jake Wright. You've known him for a while, actually. Why don't you you talk about your guys' relationship? Yeah, if I remember correctly, uh, I think it's been maybe five to six years or so. Uh, and I met you early in um, my ministry career and you were meeting with uh, a bunch of firemen at the time. And uh, I knew one of those guys, he was at my church and and he was telling me all about you and the group that you're doing with these firemen. And uh, so then he was just saying kind of some of the work that you do and I, and a few years later, like you came to mind because I, I really needed some advice at the time. I was meeting with uh, some LDS missionaries who were at my house, which was kind of fun. And we were um, going, we just had like probably, we met for eight weeks and probably three out of four, three or four of those weeks, we uh, were just talking theologically, just back and forth. And it was honestly super fun. I had a good time with it. But at a certain point, I kind of felt like, uh, I don't know if we're really getting anywhere in conversation. And uh, so you came to mind just based off of our interactions and what that fireman had told me. And and I asked you some advice and you said, well, you know, that's actually not a good approach. <laughs> he, he said, uh, like that best blunt? way to start advice ever. <laughs> and uh, you said, you know, what's best is, is if you actually share your personal experience with God and if you pray, if you personally pray with them, for them. And I was like, okay, I mean, I'll do whatever you say. And man, that just so quickly changed the conversation. And uh, one of these guys was just in absolute tears after we shared with him just some of our own experiences with God. He just gave us the biggest hugs and uh, was just super grateful. And so we got to develop some really cool relationships there. And I really took what you showed me there and taught me there and 
really just applied it to my entire college ministry, which I was doing at the time. And one, one guy in particular, uh, I, I applied that advice of just sharing your story, your personal experience. And uh, he was, <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but uh, previously before him moving here, he was uh, a gang member and uh, running drugs and weapons and all sorts of stuff. And uh, we were out in the, in the boonies of the hills and uh, he was telling me this. I'm like, okay, please don't kill me back here. And, uh, <laughs> and he's a, but he's a brilliant guy. He, he just has such a sharp mind. So he'd kill you like in the most intellectual way. No oh, one would ever find your body. Kind of a Dexter <laughs> type character. Yeah. But uh, we were just talking a lot, like uh, philosophically, theologically. He comes from definitely not any type of spiritual background. And I just said, hey, would you ever be open to experiencing God? And it just, again, shifted the entire tone of the conversation. Mm. And he's like, yeah, I, I would be. And I gave him some advice. He took it and came back a week later and it was like, I had a profound experience with God. And a few months later, I got to baptize him and it was an awesome um, experience. But anyways, all that to introduce John Strain, uh, who does this for a living all and right. uh, is really a, a full-time evangelist, maybe not in the way that people think of that word, uh, but you've been with a Search Ministries for 19 years, and then now you're starting uh, something brand new with you and your wife, Pam. Uh, would you just be open to telling us a little bit more about that? Yeah, you got to ask. Uh, you just did. But, <laughs> but actually, that is the name of the book and name of the ministry. Um, and we, uh, we've shifted a little bit. We wanted to take uh, some of the things we've been doing for 19 years and customize better in the Intermountain region. We felt um, search in a national level, uh, while it has tentacles in different parts of the country, it's really predominantly South. And so, and we love that. We love the South and uh, there's some great things happening. But we felt like we needed to customize and, and wanted a little more creativity, uh, innovation in this area. We had learned a lot of things. And um, so we took the plunge. Uh, it was probably this month, a year ago, we made the decision and then started doing all the necessary steps to set that up and search, sent us with their blessing and made it made a, a, an easy exit for us uh, versus a drop kick out the door. Um, but it was really exciting and it was also frightening to step out <laughs> you know it seems like i've had several times uh where we've taken a plunge to uh what you know i remember back just go, doing campus ministry in utah we were with crew we did that at the university of utah but then we decided to open byu mm. and and it was an open door but it was like oh my gosh what's going to happen here and and we just got down there and jumped in and then we transitioned a couple of times came to the search or I'm sorry before search we came to the Treasure Valley to plant a church and that was a four-year experience and then um, transitioned again to do search and that was required fundraising and so you know so we've had these jumps and God has always been in them though and so that makes all the difference. And it's, but it's always very refreshing and exhilarating to me 
um, to to make those jumps, but I I don't do it without calculation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, but anyway, but we're in faith risk ministry. We call it, we used to refer to it that way. Um, you know, we're doing relational evangelism, relational apologetics, and then of course fundraising comes with that. Um, so you know, that's our life. A couple of words in there that I I. Uh... You know, being from the the church background, I'm I'm you know Jake and I are probably familiar with, but um, you know evangelism, apologetics, uh, especially evangelism. Jake said you're a full time evangelist. Is that how you describe your job title? Because that <laughs> sounds pretty awesome. But let's uh, talk about what that means. I you know I don't refer to it that way. But, no. Um, I is it the full time part that's weird, or is it the? <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it just it sounds like I'm Billy Graham or you know somebody like that, and I. And I, you hey, know, we're actually having Billy Graham's grandson on pretty soon. Stay tuned. Oh, there we go. Fun segue. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, no, we're we're more in the trench, and it is true that we that we get paid to do this, you know, and but and it is evangelism at the core, yeah, um, and discipleship and apologetics, but with a really relational edge. Hmm. So we're face to face in the trench with people most of the time, and it's very relational. People ask, "Well, how does this work?" And I go, "Well, it happens through relationships and trust." Hmm. And you people begin to trust you and hear you out, and uh, then they introduce you to their friends. Yeah, and so it just ripples. In fact, yeah, I could I can chase back the spider cracks. You know, when you look at uh, how does this go, and I did that one day. I was on a call with some guys in Phoenix and there was a guy that had been up here and I said, guys, I want you to just kind of realize what came out of Hans Schott's life. I met him and he introduced me to a bunch of people he was here with. I had a little bit of a mentoring role in his life, but but I said, here's the downline from Hans. And I got to stay and watch it and he eventually had moved away, but it was really exciting. Yeah, and so so the evangelism though is just sharing the good news, mm. and that's uh, that's in everything that we do, you know. So anyway, but it's yeah. So I, I will tell people though I'm a pastor to the spiritually disenfranchised. Oh, and they say, "What do you do?" And sometimes that'll be an answer I'll give them, and they'll and honestly, people mm. look me in the face and they smile a little bit and they go, "You can be my pastor." <laughs> you know what? That's a better podcast name than ours. We're not canceled apprentice anymore. <laughs> We're spiritually disenfranchised. Well, I love your canceled apprentice, uh, Cole. I think. What do you guys mean by that? Oh I, man, I, I'm reading into it, but I yeah. Tell me, well, part you, of what I like about it is that everybody is going to read into it, whatever they think of with that. And you ask ten people, they're going to say a bunch of different things, right? Which I think is a lot of fun. And then they just have to find out, you know, if that's what we meant by it. And, and maybe the answer is yes. I don't know. Uh, sometimes we'll be, we'll just, you know, tell everybody yes. But um, I think that to to me and Jake, you can talk a little bit about this too, but um, I'm a person who's been canceled a lot. <laughs> and we've done a little bit of, uh, oh man. I mean, it's funny because Jake and I grew up literally our whole lives together, right? Like since birth, as he said before, womb to tomb. I love it. Uh, we're not dead yet. So that's still being tested. But um, 
luckily his uh, super smart friend didn't put him somewhere I couldn't find his body, then the tomb would be difficult. Yeah. Um, So we're still still working on that part. But basically, throughout our whole lives, uh, I was the troublemaker. That's just what happened. And sometimes it was, you know, fun trouble. Sometimes it was a lot of trouble. And I loved Jesus, but I just didn't really know how to fit the mold of what the church was looking for in a lot of ways. Um, And I wouldn't say that I have a a negative experience with church. I've had negative experiences with church. I've had negative experiences with school, but I've had positive with both as well, you know? So it totally, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. But I, uh, I actually went to Bible college, almost got expelled five times, not exaggerating. I earned probably four out of five of them. I really earned like three. And then there was a couple that I really, really earned that they never found out about and I'm super stoked for. Uh, (laughs) So I ended up graduating, which is really exciting. Um, But then uh, I ended up just following deeper and continuing on that path. And I found that really what I was missing, the reason I couldn't change and I couldn't be the person I wanted to be was because I was missing the practical end of following Jesus is that is training. How do I train my heart, mind, soul, and strength? You know, my emotions, my, um, my mind, right? Mentally, physically, my body and, and, uh, you know, the entire person, how do I reorient that to where I can retrain some of the basic habits and instincts I have to be like Jesus would. And uh, when I started to learn some of that, um, then things really changed for me. And that's the apprenticeship piece. And so um, I, I still am getting canceled. I still, you know, I was a pastor at a mega church for a while and I, I, I got canceled there and that's okay. I actually, uh, I think that was a, an experience I'm really thankful for in so many ways. Um, but Jesus in some ways was canceled by our culture, right? And Jesus never cancels us. And so that's what it means to me. It's so important to me. It's changed my whole life. Um, Jake, you could talk about that if you have anything to add, or you can, you know, also tell people that everything I just said was a bunch of baloney and you were there the whole time. <laughs> no, definitely, me. definitely four out of five, you for sure deserved. Um, yep. But uh, no, I, I totally agree. We want to um, just help people to see the the grace that there is. Like, even if you do get canceled, because we are, we're going to be, especially, I, I assume, John, that you yourself have experienced that in just the line of work that you do in asking people these pretty big, hard questions mm-hmm. um, that um, maybe some people aren't ready for, mm. um, you know, approaching people and uh, yeah, do, just doing the type of ministry that you do. I, I assume, have there been any like experiences that come to mind for you of being canceled? Yeah, tell us when you've been canceled, John. Let's <laughs> keep it light. <laughs> uh, you know, some of it, I... There's a sense in which, uh, you know, our, my excitement about the canceled is that my sin is canceled. Mm. But, but Jesus said you'll be persecuted if you stand up. And, and there are times where um, I bring it on myself, and I, and I probably have a few stories on that. Um, and Jake, you know, what I think I learned over time is that I spend more time um, 
listening, asking compelling questions and listening, that there's a lot less cancellation. Mm. And I at least become endeared to people in a good way because I'm hearing them out. And so I, I spend a little more time focused on that. And so I'm not experiencing as much of it. In fact, I think the cultures, people are so open right now. Mm. And, you know, they are. Wait, wait, you think people are more open right now? I think they are. You know, it's, it's ironic that it doesn't feel that way when yeah. you kind of listen to the media and listen mm. to politics and the culture war. But I just, that's subservient. I, I'm really, I enjoy politics and I'm in, I'm doing capital, uh, you know, Bible study with legislators. You've just told me two things that I, that are blowing my mind. You think people are more open right now and you think, and you enjoy politics. Yes. I, I don't know how but, to handle either one of those things. Well, you know, but I, I do have to uh, make subordinate politics and my, and my interest in that to the kingdom and the expansion. And so what happens, though, is that when we ask, like, we're going to talk about our platinum question mm-hmm. that is featured in this book. And when I ask that question, I get real uh, meaty questions back from people. And then it just opens us to, you can just, you just scratch a little bit and below the surface is a lot of searching and openness and struggle. And people have serious questions. They need to explore them well, but they need margin to do it. And so I, when I start imposing myself on folks, uh, you know, if I, and I have done that over the years, um, then they kind of go, that's enough. You know, I, uh, you know, I'm done with you. Versus come in and ask a compelling question and let them think out loud and then maybe follow it with another compelling question or just an obvious follow-up question that really is just a stream of curiosity. Yeah. Then they start going, hey, this guy's actually listening to me. And that, and he's a good conversationalist. And I'm really not saying anything except asking questions <laughs> and listening. That's the funniest thing. I've had a lot of people go, you're a great conversationalist. And I go, I've said five words <laughs> wow. in the last hour, you know, <laughs> and it's just humorous. But anyway, but doors and hearts open up. And so I honestly, I don't feel as much uh, of the so-called persecution because of that. But, and, and I'm taking a little bit longer to, because of where the culture is at, the postmodernism and what I call the imminent frame, you know, kind of this little square box that we look at that is our life. The here and now is all that is. And, but I think people are really wondering what, if there's anything outside of that, because they sure can't answer the questions that are in their heart on, with that little box. So we try to blow it up with questions. Mm. Yeah. And it sounds like you you guys just, you and Pam, just invite people into your life, into your home, uh, you know, have have dinner parties and uh, just to have these times of, of exposing these questions to people and seeing where the night goes conversationally. Um, t- tell us more just how you go about that and, and specifically, like, what are some of these questions that you ask? Sure. Um, well, I can tell you a little about one thing we feature in the book, and I think you might be referring to is something we call the adventure dinner. Yeah. And I love it. We initially, we invited a chef in who was Buddhist. 
<laughs> and we invited him in to prepare a four course meal. And then we, I, I picked out uh, three couples that were Christ followers. I said, invite somebody, some of your friends who don't think the same way you do. You know, they have an alternative worldview. Yeah. And, um, and so that was their task. And I didn't say who or what. I didn't really care what stripe they came in with. But and that's huge. I mean, even that alone right now is worth this whole conversation is how many people have difficulty inviting people who think differently than they do, you know, and to sit down for a meal, you know, to come over and just have that conversation. I love that. I'm going to circle back on the problem, Cole, because okay. you just, yeah, yeah, your comment is I, I'm tempted, but I also try to, try to stay on my track here. Okay. Because because it's becoming an, an increasing problem, what you just said, that we don't have a lot of relational contact. And so, but a few years ago when I started this, people did have folks taking a bite. And we could always fill a table of 12 to 14. And um, so so the first couple of questions, and I won't give those away because they're they're really fun uh, and they're mysterious for, for the listener. Um, <laughs> they, they open people up and there's this strong connection happens just relationally and they get to know each other in a way that doesn't feel threatening. And so we have two courses and there's a theme for those. That, but the third course is where things really bust open with the theme is meaty hearty. Mm. And so the chef will come out and say that. And then I go, okay, so now we're going to transition from uh, some of the earlier stuff into, uh, some, you know, just jump in and have some meaty conversation. And I said, I'd like to tee it up with a question. And here's the question, assuming there's a God and you can ask God any question you want and get an answer or just take God to task on an issue or topic. What would your question or your topic be? And I'll say, no, listen, I'm going to ask you not to elaborate and get into it right now. Just let's just all go around the table and just give us your question or your topic, if, it, if it's just a topic. And so we do that. And, you know, guys, they can't help themselves. Yeah. They, they will put their question out and they start to elaborate and then other people will butt in and want to start yeah. exploring the question, you know, and I'm like having it's to... It's huge. It's a huge And I'm trying question. to stifle it, you know, a little bit going, guys, let's <laughs> give each other a chance and then we'll we'll see what comes up a lot and maybe we'll chase, uh, if you guys have something in common, then we'll chase that theme, you know, hmm. for the remainder of the time. But I, I said, there's no limit to us discussing this beyond tonight too. So... Anyway, but oh my gosh, the evening just breaks open. The combination of food uh, and really connecting on the first two questions relationally yeah. and then jumping into some meaningful stuff that they never get to talk about well, mm. I it produces what I call the soft eye. Is that is and, that and, the the Platinum question, is that the, what we're talking about here? Is that Yes, the platinum question, the, assuming there's a God, you can ask God any question, yeah. get a response, or take God a task on an issue. Okay. Yeah, so wow. we started this what back in, so I did my first one, I think it was probably 2000, I'm going to say around 2006, and but it just opened up conversations, and then I could follow up the evening, because I've got a lot of relational capital Mm -hmm. You know, some of these folks haven't met, but we have a good experience together. And I say, hey, let's go grab lunch. And then I could follow up and get to know them a little better and maybe 
talked a little bit more about their question that they asked that night. Maybe see if, you know, if we didn't get to get into it, maybe we could explore a little then. Yeah. So it just opens doors and, and it gives, and people respect that you respected them mm. and they, they trust you because of that. And because you gave them margin, you listened, you treated them well. It was a fun evening. It was meaningful. It was rewarding, you know, so they want more. Yeah. I want more. I mean, just hearing that question, I, my wheels are spinning. I could see it on Jake's eyes right now. He's like, uh-huh. And I, I think even, I mean, regardless of where you stand, what you believe, you know, I, growing up in the church my whole life, I'm thinking we don't have conversations about faith like that. We talk about different theological issues a lot of times. We talk about a lot of stuff and a lot of it's really good. Like, I'm not trying to say any of that's bad in any way, but that opens the door for a creative answer and one that really makes me question myself. And I, I don't even know how I'd answer it, but I would, I, I want to have dinner now. We'd end to have yeah. dinner. Well, I, if I could hijack this for a moment, I would, well, how would you guys, what would be your question? Or maybe just oh, the topic. Man. Do you have any idea? This and is where we ended out 20 minutes of dead space. Cause we're like, <laughs> oh man. You know, okay. You can't get into it. We'll just kind of see if you have a topic in your mind. Yeah, no, because, I love uh, that. And by the way, the, the Jesus followers that are in the earshot of this and whom I'm trying to train with this, um, I think they, they need to come to grips with their own question. Mm. and begin to try to answer because because the Christ followers have as many of these questions. They're not unique. Yes. And they're struggling with the same things. And, yes. And that's part of why there's a little bit of fear in a lot of us. We're afraid we're not going to be able to answer the question that somebody might pose. Oh. But, but I go, you know what? They're, our culture is not really looking for you to answer the question right away. Why don't you just hear their question? And, and say, wow, that's a great question. I'm going to think about that for myself. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. huge. And, and then and then go away and think about it, research it a little bit, look look some stuff up, and then next time you see, you can come back and say, hey, remember when you asked that question the other yeah. day? And I said I, that was such a good question. I wasn't even sure how I would answer that for for myself, and so I thought about it some. I don't know if you've thought about it more, but here's kind of a couple of bullet points I, you know, I came up with and, and it might, you know, generate some discussion. Yeah. Um, and, it, and mostly it does. And people are amazed when you uh, actually take something they said seriously, remember it and come back. <laughs> oh, so, wow. So, yeah. The circle back is kind of a valuable thing. And then yeah. it's just natural. And I think it it would probably end there more often than not because I'm thinking even if I attempted to answer this, it would probably almost require a circle back. Just thinking, what am I? I don't know, Jake. If we're yeah. going to answer this, I think we should. But yeah. will you go first so I can yeah. try to think of something. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. So um, <laughs> two questions that came to mind. One I've thought through. A, a lot. And I've, I've spoken on it once. Uh, my, my coworker has spoken on it before. And so I've thought through it a lot. And so I, I have come to grips a little bit more with the question, but it's the, it's the one, it's the one everybody thinks of and asks. It's, it's why 
is there suffering in the world and how can a good God allow that? Um, but you do go into that in the book, which is awesome. I love that. The second one, as you, uh, as I was listening, uh, to, or as I was reading the book, um, there was another question that I had when you said, okay, what would you think, or what would you, how would you answer this question? And, uh, one of the first questions I had that popped into my mind was, um, why doesn't God reveal himself more? Like, why can't we experience him more tangibly right here and now. Yes. And then you went on and, and answered that in the book. And I was like, that, oh, that answer was, like, was so good. Yes. I'm, we're not, we're not going to say that here. We're going to let the readers, you uh, have to get the book to find the answer. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's, you know, what's really frustrating about that is it is a question I've thought about a lot. And I, I feel like I have a satisfying answer right now, though. I still might ask it, but when we got done with all the editing, I thought, oh, I didn't even get to put my best points in. You know, the illustrations and whatever, they didn't make. They were just scraps on the floor, oh. I think. And, but, but the point of the book was to be simple and tight, just kind of get it, get illustrated yeah. a little bit and not, it's not like a deep book. It's, yes. a, it's a help you go deep with other books. Uh, yeah, the people book. So yes, I mean, anyway. definitely, still a lot of very deep stuff in there. Stuff in there, and at the end, you you really go deep with some, like you even enter into like science, philosophy, um, yeah. history, some really good stuff to uh, think about. So that was really enjoyable. So I guess my well, other question coming off of that. Wait, if, wait, wait. What, what's up? <laughs> what's up? What's up? Is this a second answer to the platinum question? I yeah, I'm sorry. He answered the other two in the book. I have one that relates. Yes. All right, fine. Okay, fine. Uh so my other question would be not the why, but then the how. So how do I experience more of God in my life now? Oh man, that is good. Practicing self-control. But <laughs> no, jump all over a more conversation there. So yeah. cool. What do you have in mind? Anything coming up? I think I would ask, this is what came up for me. And maybe that means that this is the right podcast for me, but what came up for me is how can I uh, know what do you need me to do to experience healing? And I've, I've healed a ton. I've, you know, I've gone through some wild stuff in my life at times, but um, I, I just want to know, like, if God could give me a roadmap or just a single focus that would lead me to the most healing, what would that be? And then my follow-up, since I'm doing the Jake thing now, you take an inch, you know, you give an inch, take a mile, but yeah. my follow-up would be then what do you want me to do to thrive? And I, and I mean that just like, like we're talking about with Cancel Apprentice and the, the uh, holistic way. When I say holistic, I, I hate this word because I think it's been co-opted by um, mommy groups on Facebook to sell essential oils to us. I don't mean essential. If you like essential oils, I don't care. That's cool. Listen, man, I, mean, I enjoy them. Okay. But you know what? I'm, Occasionally I'm not I against do. them. Yeah. You know, some of that stress away or whatever, it just... Yeah. A little diffuser <sighs> in the office. Come on. This is this podcast is not sponsored by uh, any essential oil company in any way, and is not reflective of any uh, pyramid scheme. I'm not supposed to say that. Um, not yet. You mean not yet? Go on. Not yet. 
We're working on it. it it's <laughs> actually funny. If you guys DM us, you can get involved. But <laughs> I, I mean holistically Just in the sense, kidding. that was a rabbit trail, man. Holistically in the sense of that body, mind, soul, and strength, like how can, and maybe there isn't a single answer. Maybe God would laugh and say, well, we have to work on different focuses and disciplines, but I just want to know what he would have me do. I want to know what would be the best way for me to to get to that place. So, um, to hit on like the three most asked questions to or people people bring up with the platinum question. One, Jake, you mentioned evil and suffering. The second one has to do with purpose. What is my purpose? What's this all about? And then the, uh, the third one is, um, this is funny. It used to be people go, well, am I going to heaven? Am I good enough to go to heaven or something like that? Mm. Um, but actually they're going, uh, what do you think of me? And how mm. am I doing? So it's kind of like personal identity and uh, personal performance, I guess you could say. Wow. And so those come up a lot. It seemed to me that if, somebody wanted to really become conversant with others is maybe explore those for yourself. Uh, you know, how would you answer those for yourself? Yeah. And, but then kind of be ready to just not so much to have all the answers, but just to be a little interesting and conversant on those three questions. Mm. You can, you'll just be in the gold. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like yeah. that. So this is really a time tested question because you've, you said you've been doing this, Really, the platinum question for since two thousand six. Yeah, in a, in the adventure dinner. Yeah, I I probably obviously I had it before that. I don't know where I got it to be honest. Uh, <laughs> somebody put it out there. I'd heard it and I adapted it a little bit. I put a prefix and a su- suffix on it. The prefix is I don't want them to think I'm assuming anything, mm. and but I need them to enter into to a basic assumption assuming there's a God. And then the suffix is. I'm inviting hostility, <laughs> you know, by saying, or just take God to task on an issue. You know, I'm really inviting Lieutenant Dan in the mast of Bubba's shrimp boat and Forrest Gump. You guys remember that? <laughs> That's a good that and he's just up there raging with God. <laughs> and I, I want that. I want them to experience that. You know what? People will bring it too. Mm. And, and, uh, and I think it's good. The question also prepares the, Christian who might be asking the question or whoever's asking the question, it prepares them like you may get some intensity back. Mm. In fact, I have to tell you one of the guys, um, initially I shared a scene in Rembrandt's, uh, when I used this and with the table server in front of a group of guys, I challenged them to go ask the question of somebody that week. Just, I said, anybody, I don't care who you ask, just anybody, but well, one of them went down to Phoenix from Boise, and he was on the golf course between the ninth and tenth hole. And the snack girl came by, bought a Snickers bar, and he said he had a couple of minutes. He said, "Hey, I got a question I'd like to ask you." And I was just with a group of guys in Boise Friday morning, and we were talking about this. And I'd like to hear how you'd react to this. And so he put it out there, assuming there's a God, you can ask God anything and take him to task. And you guys, she she dropped a bomb on him. 
the first thing out of her mouth, and I can't say it on your radio show, but it was WTF with a question mark. And That's good. Oh my word. He was like stunned. And then she lit into it. She went, he said she was articulate mm. for two or three minutes. She listed off everything wrong on planet earth. Wow. And he, <laughs> he was, he was shocked. And so he, you know, by that time, he, his foursome was gathering at the 10th hole. And, he, and so he said, wow, he goes, thank you. That is such a thoughtful answer. I really appreciate that. And he said, I got to go join my foursome, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah. so you can say, well, what good did that do? Well, you know, if if he was playing golf there all the time, he'd have maybe another crack. But, but I guarantee a question hijacks the brain. Mm. And uh, it is good by itself. The person will start thinking about it a little more, you know, crystallize. That's part of my conversion. Is mm. my my uh, non-Christian, non-religious girlfriend po- popped a question on me in a gr- cemetery, and, I, <laughs> and we left the cemetery. But that question did not leave me for two months, and it mm. ended up flipping me uh, from from my AWOL life to turning to Christ. Wow. Okay. Popping a question in a cemetery is uh, what's going on there. Are you getting engaged in a cemetery? With, <laughs> not what, I don't know what kind of, is she a goth kind of girl? I'm not sure. <laughs> we were, uh, we were just driving around. I was the one who was the confirmed Lutheran, you know, okay. uh, only, only not very. And, uh, and, and, and I was on the South side of John three sixteen. you know, God's love the world he gave his only begotten son. But the problem was that whosoever, you know, believes in him will not perish. And that was me. Mm. I just had this sense that I was perishing mm. and alienated from God. And uh, so what the, her question was so innocent that she was not religious. She was just curious. And she just wanted to know what I thought. She was being philosophical. And she said, what do you think? And I shot her down like nobody's business. I just said, you know, I don't know. And I'm tired of this conversation. And I want to get the H-E double hockey sticks out of here. <laughs> and it just deep sixed it right there. you know. And, but we left and, and the Holy Spirit used that question. And, uh, and I can't even go into all the details of what happened over the next two months, but but in, in that was April. And in June, I was going palms up in Palm Desert, California, <laughs> um, you know, having left Hamilton, Montana to go down to work that summer. And it, it was that fast. I was as far <laughs> as I've ever been from God in April when she pop, popped that question. And then I came as close as I have ever been wow. um, in that studio apartment. So isn't that crazy? Yeah, that <laughs> is. So, that so is these awesome. questions are kind of keep working whether mm. we stay with it or not. But, but I, but I really want it. And part of the, the book, we didn't just want to introduce the question, but to introduce a sequence of questions that follow it up that are logical. Uh, for example, uh, the, the follow-up to that, well, well, of all the questions you could have asked Jake, mm. why would you ask about evil and suffering and pain? Mm. You know, you could have asked anything and then you go, then you're going to answer that by giving me some context about your life, probably. Yeah. Well, this has come up or I keep meeting these people or my nephew died of cancer or, you know, the stuff like that. And then I learn a lot about you. Mm-hmm. Then I can ask another question. Well, so how would you answer that for yourself right now? 
Mm. What would be, you know, kind of like your your 60-second way of explaining it for yourself? And oftentimes, you guys, people just go, I don't have the foggiest idea uh, how I'd answer that. And then I might ask, well, where would you go? Like, who do you have in your life? You could go explore that or besides Google, who's <laughs> I mean, yeah. out there that you could talk this through with or maybe a resource you could read or is there anything or anybody in your life? And oftentimes, again, people are just shooting blanks. They just go, I don't know. Oh, I don't know anybody I could. And, um, and then, uh, and this is where this is interesting, Cole, because it comes full circle around a point you were making earlier about experiencing God. And Jake, you made this comment too, how you shifted to this. I'm going to, and this is really bold, but I start asking people, well, why, you know, here's the question you'd like to ask. Why don't you just ask him? Mm-hmm. Why don't you just shoot one mm-hmm. up there? What do you got to lose? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people will look shocked and they will go, I've never thought about that. Never thought that I could. Yeah. And then you go, and then you have to work through, and, and in the book I do this, you, you realize that would be the simplest, fastest thing I've ever done in my life in one sense, but it's also the most difficult thing mm-hmm. I've maybe ever done because it feels risky because what if he's there? Yeah. Oh, what man. if he answers me and I'm not ready for it? You know? Yeah. And so I think people, there's a lot of fear going on with folks, but I think the question could be put there in an invitation because Jesus said, ask, seek, knock, yeah. you know, and then, and then if you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask in that context? Yeah. You know, if you ask for a, uh, you know, a loaf of bread, he's not going to give you a stone. It's kind of the yeah. logic there. Right. And I go, yeah. well, I'm evil and I love giving good things to my kids, you know, cause I want the best for them. There's no good thing I would withhold from my children. But, but then what? to do the how much more question of like, well, what if God feels about you like you feel about your child? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And guys, I was with somebody just a few days ago, a really hard action adventure guy, really smart. And uh, he's, he has no religious background to speak of. And we were having lunch and just talking about things going on in his life. And he's, you know, he's challenged on some fronts right now. But I, I just put that metaphor back to him, and I, he had a, a really young child, and I said, what if, I said, you know how you feel about your, your daughter. What if God felt about you like you feel about your daughter and looked at you in the same way? Mm. And got, he brimmed up. You know, I could tell it, it, he just was like really stuck by that. Mm. And... Um, so I just kind of let that sit because it needs, you know, but, but, if, mm, but if yeah. we're going to use that kind of logic and, and an invitation, I hope it would might, somebody would just leave the possibility go, why don't I ask? And in fact, you guys read about Randy, the atheist in the book who, who, uh, who did eventually twice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And God, God showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go. This is like risky stuff, or you know. But if, but if God's there and He wants to connect, He's certainly capable. Yeah. You know, so so why don't we just invite Him? Yeah. There's one thing that kept coming to mind for me that somebody told me about when I was reading that book. Um, 
I can't remember who told me, but if they're listening, um, I'm sorry I'm not giving you credit. But uh, it was it was a prayer, and they said if you're if you're wanting to share your faith, if you know if this is the most meaningful thing in your life, if you see maturity, if you see and experience God, right? Through, through your faith and through these things, you should want to share it. And they said, but if you're really struggling with how to do it, and maybe you're not an initiator, right? Like, uh, I think if I paid my wife $10,000 and said, walk up and start a conversation with that person in the bar and you can have this 10 grand, she would say, nope, keep it. Uh, she just, she's not an initiator. She'll talk to me all day if I start talking with her, but uh, that's just not her personality. And she owns it and she's very comfortable with that. And that's what I like about her. She's a spicy girl. But uh, one prayer that the, this person offered was walk in, just say a quick breath prayer. And it's, God, if you want me to you know, talk to someone about my faith, send them to me. And they said, and watch. And uh, I've done it a few times and every single time somebody is at the bar and they just look at me and like, so you believe in Jesus? I'm like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sure Wait, would they read a bumper sticker on there or what? <laughs> uh, I don't think so because I don't keep those on my car because then when I like flip people off on the road, I don't want to, you know, disrespect <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm 40% joking about that. But um, yeah, I don't, I have no idea. And these, you know, they, they weren't, they weren't other believers that were like, Hey, let's talk about our common faith. They're just, you know, sometimes that happens. And um, that was uh, like, Besides that tool, the platinum question is like the the biggest tool that I've ever been given to how you can just share your faith with people without being weird, you know, and being relational. And here's one thing that, Cole, you're extremely good at is people always have misconceptions about who God is, which is back to your just line of reasoning there, John, is you're saying this is really who God is. He, he would give his children, he wants to give his children good gifts. That's mm. the type of father, the type of God that he actually is. And, and part of what it seems like you're doing and Cole that you're always so good at is just saying, here's your misconceptions about God. And here's the reality of who he actually is. And it's, and he's so much better than you ever dreamed. Mm. And his purpose in his life for you is so much better than you ever dreamed. And I think that's part of what we're doing as followers of Jesus is just exposing people to the reality of who God is. And we need, I mean, we need that ourselves, like to continuously more and more experience the reality of, of God and let those misconceptions fall by the wayside. Um, and so what are just some of those like common misconceptions, John, that you, maybe you're at these adventure dinners or it's those one-on-one conversations like you had this last uh, week. What are just some of those common misconceptions you hear just about who is God? Good question. Well, they're, they're really inside those questions. You know, the, the three most asked questions. Uh, in fact, I think the best way to answer those questions is to start with the nature of God mm. and who God is, his attributes and um, what he has demonstrated or what the scripture says he, he has demonstrated to us. And uh, so like with evil and suffering, I want to get to the goodness of God, that he's good. Um, purpose. Uh, he's not hiding you know, from us in the sense of like, you know, 
uh, people go, well, what's his purpose? You know, and well, they can tell there is something, that there ought to be something, but what is it? And, and well, not, then it's a question of maybe testing out Revelation a little bit and kind of what are some of the truth claims? How, why don't we start with Jesus? Are, most people like to stick him in their portfolio. Most religions do. Mm-hmm. He's got the most audacious claims. So why not start there? And I put a whole chapter on that, you know, mm-hmm. of why start with Jesus. Um, yeah. And I had about five or six reasons. Um, and then, you know, uh, the performance thing, you know, uh, like, what do you, what do you think of me? Mm. And how am I doing? You know, am I valuable? Uh, how am I, am I busting a move here that you're pleased with? And, you know, and so I think people just need to come back and know he has like a good heart towards them. Um, mm. I don't know why this is because I don't hear preachers talking about wrath, but people still have the wrath thing going, uh, that God's wrathful and I go, who's saying this? I don't, I don't know <laughs> who these churches are. Street I corner that guys existed out there, but, but, but even at that, um, his, his wrath is not, you know, it's a, it's a, there's two different, you know, Greek words there, like Romans, uh, one 18, um, you know, the wrath of God is revealed. Well, it's being currently being present tense revealed, but it's a logical, um, calculated and not, not emotive kind of wrath. That's just going, I'm, I'm, you know, sin is not going to work and it's, and it's going to have a consequence. And, yeah. and that's why mm-hmm. he says, so if you keep caving in to it and going outside of my design, you're going to suffer some consequences. It's not going to work. And then, and you're going to have idols. You're going to love everything but me. And you're going to become sexually confused probably because that's such a huge drive. And so that's what Romans 1 kind of leads to. Yeah. And so, and then I start judging other people, Romans 2, mm. you know, and I just <laughs> sit around and bet, but he goes, uh, but what standard do you apply that standard to yourself? You know? So anyway, I, um, but we needed a, a fair judge, you know, a mm-hmm. just judge. And, uh, and that's of course the point of the book of Romans is how does a, a, a sinful person become right and just and, and, you know, justified before a holy and righteous God. So I don't know, you know, if you could ask people, what do you think most people believe God's more a God of love or a God of wrath? And what's amazing to me, I would have thought they'd say a God of love, but oftentimes about half of the population might think that he's more wrath. Hmm. And uh, so, but it's both. And because it is both, you have to have grace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so anyway, what was the question again? Oh, it was just, you know, what I think are... I detoured. No, no that's good. good. That's good. What just misconceptions do people have about yeah, God that you... Yeah. And yeah, you definitely answered those. So, so there's a, yeah, there's a, anything to, related to his attributes, you know? And, and so that's why we actually have a chapter on that, create your own God, which sounds oh. really blasphemous. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's really, you know, I got that idea from a group. I heard about a group of Chinese graduate students uh, in China and their philosophy majors uh, are working on advanced philosophy degrees, but they, but they sat around one day, they said, you know, if there was a God, what would he have to be like based on what we know and see? Mm. And they came up with a biblical concept. 
And uh, so I, I used that with Randy the Atheist that day, you know, Rembrandt's. And then I started, I've used it in group settings and I've had, you know, and it's amazing, you guys, when you get people thinking about that, they will come up with the biblical God given enough time and sometimes a little bit of, not so much baiting, but a little bit of prompting. And uh, I'm, I'm always just stunned by that. Yeah. So I think, I think it's in us, and especially a group will do better at it than mm. an individual even. But. So the God that people want is the one that already is. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> Interesting. I like that. John, I, I want to be uh, respectful of our time because we're getting close. And, uh, and I, I was thinking that I didn't want to miss... Um, you had you'd said maybe we'll circle back to it, but uh, earlier when we had spoken about um, being willing to sit across the table from people who are different than you, from people who hold different viewpoints, and and you said that that was a huge thing. I I felt like there's something we wanted to explore there. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, here's the problem you got to ask is why we created it, what we're trying to solve, and it's really this profound hesitancy. Um, a profound fear even of, of not entering in with other folks. And uh, I, you know, Jake and I are in Idaho and we've got our living in private Idaho. You, know, you have your own private Idaho. Uh, there's kind of a no trespassing sign that, <laughs> you know, symbolizes that. And, it's, mm-hmm. um, and people in Idaho are really friendly and they'll do things for you. Mm-hmm. If you need, of course, but but it, there is a little sense of a buffering that goes on, and some of, so a little bit of the secularist feel is there, and people aren't really identifying with religion and, and in terms of naming things anymore. Like uh, almost sixty no. percent, maybe higher now, uh, will not name a religion or a denomination if you ask them. Yeah. You know, so we call them nuns, N O N E S. Um, I find that really interesting. And so we're trying to overcome this problem. And it all of it, a lot of it, the anatomy, the internal world of it, is that it just goes back to Genesis 3. You know, where there's what do you see there? There's guilt going on, there's shame, and then consequently hiding, uh, fear and hiding, or just, you know, then, then they're experiencing relational separation uh, from God, from one another. Then there's the another part of the blaming is this canceling, mm-hmm. you know. So we, we're canceling other people by blaming mm-hmm. them, or we're being canceled by being blamed. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's going on. That's yeah. interior world stuff. I like that you mentioned shame and canceling together because they're linked. Oh boy, and and so I think one of and and but if you really get down to it, uh, when God asked the first question but god asked in the bible is adam where are you i'm hiding you know mm. and, and uh I, why are you hiding because i'm naked how did you know you're naked mm, <laughs> did, yeah. you eat, did you eat of the tree you know and then it <laughs> talks about it being naked. he's afraid i was afraid you know and but mm. i think fear is still lurking internally then you add to that so that's an internal issue and then add to that an external thing of all the separation division stuff that's going on, the tribes, just people fanning the flames on mm. tribes, 
Gosh. We're going, oh my gosh, you know, we're and and of course it's mixed with all kinds of accusations and condemnation and everything and power mm. plays. So that's going on. And then add to that, uh, maybe uh, you know, so we get to a, a more philosophical thing and we go, Well, Jesus said that we're his witnesses. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, be my witnesses. And, and I go, so there's kind of the gata. And then he goes, and if you follow me, I'll make you become fishers of men. Well, if I'm following, wouldn't it follow that I'm becoming a fisher of men? Mm. And we, we saw that, you know, we see all this in the Gospels and Acts. Um, and then he says, you're my ambassadors. Well, ambassador has to go live in the other country. And so, so these are like some of the barriers that are going on and maybe why we're not feeling like we're, we don't want to be witnesses. We're not, we don't even know what the policy is for an ambassador. We don't know our own policy of our mm. country or can't mm. articulate it. <laughs> so that's kind of an issue. Yeah. And so all this stuff kind of swirls together. And so we're just trying to help people break out of that without feeling like they need to be experts. I'm not even training evangelists, you guys. I, I just want to have witnesses say, yeah, I know Jesus, and here's my experience with him. Mm-hmm. You know? But Love but that. to get to that, to use a compelling question, yeah. get into it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, awesome. John, thank you so much for your wisdom. I really appreciate it. And man, I, I really enjoyed your book, You Gotta Ask. Uh, the audio book is the one that I, I prefer to do because I, I just crank through those at the gym. I just love that. That's like my time to zone in and and really focus on it. And I learned so many um, useful things there for how I can share my faith in a way that's natural and and answer all the questions and anxieties and hesitance that I might have, you know? Um, so I appreciate that so much. Where can people go um, to learn more about what else you're doing to, to hear more from you? What would you suggest? Well, you know, if they just want to know a little bit, here's a real simple thing with your cell phone or your smartphone in your hand. Just open a new text thread and type in 72,000 in the number line. Yeah. And then YGA, uh, either upper or lower case. Or um, if you remember, you got to ask. Got to is G-O-T-T-A. Uh, it could be separated, all one word. So 72,000 YGA. And what will happen is there uh, a video will show up and you can just click a link and there's about actually a series of five short. They're about two minutes and people can do that. You can awesome. play around in our website. You got to ask.com. Yeah. And I did that some, a little bit. Yeah. So there's some stuff there that's clarifying. And there's a whole intensive thing of a podcast I did with Skip Hall Yes, uh, on the book. And that was even before the book came out. We just talked through all the chapters. Awesome. So, yeah. So plenty of details out there. Very good. Well, thank you so much, John. Jake, you got anything to add? Uh, I just want to say, you know, for the listeners, definitely check out John's stuff. He's one of those guys who you kind of want to just sit back and crack a cold one with, you know, <laughs> have a good time. And uh, that comes through, you know, in, in the book and, and in his ministry. But he's also, you know, Paul talks about there's, you got you got plenty of teachers and preachers, but you don't have fathers in the faith. Mm. And John is also that to many of us. And that also just comes through in his ministry. So just uh, definitely highly recommend checking out his stuff. Absolutely. I agree with Thank that. You, 
Yeah, well, very good. I appreciate your time today. Hey, uh, listeners, if you enjoyed hearing from John today and you want to hear some of these wild questions we're about to ask him for our our little get to know your guest, uh, I don't even know what we're going to ask yet. We're just going to make them up. I'm, I'm scared. I'm a little scared. Uh, you should definitely tune in for it. It's it's going to be a bonus episode that we're going to try to do to help people get to know uh, the people that we're talking to for more than just their field of expertise, for more than just their wisdom, but help them get to know them on a personal level, you know, your life and, and uh, you know, likes, dislikes and, and wild stuff too. Because, you know, we like to ask questions that are absolutely ridiculous sometimes. Hey, you got to ask, you know? You got to ask. That's what I'm trying ask. to say. How oh. would you know if you don't ask? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, so at the, this is going to be a special one because after this bonus episode, when we've asked all these questions, we're actually going to vote on which ridiculous question we asked John should be the new Platinum 2.0 question oh. that he's going to write the next book about. <laughs> oh, I like that. I just volunteered that just This won't now. be as uh, time-tested, but it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it'll be good by somebody's standard. It's yeah. kind of like my mom says that I'm, you know, the most attractive human to ever live, but nobody else seems to think so. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I will love true. you guys. I am uh, so excited to catch you in the next section, John. Since this time, I learned what a Patreon was, and a couple people asked me for one, so... What we ended up doing is shifting this bonus content to the Patreon account. Uh, I think it's just the price of a cheap beer like once a month for me. So if you like what we're doing, want to buy me a beer, hop on Patreon and then you get access to these wild interviews. They're a lot of fun. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Cancelled Apprentice podcast. I'm proud of you guys. I love you. May you be free from shame and ready to trade. 